everybody, and welcome again to the Odd Fellows Oddcast. This is episode number 18, and today we're going to be discussing the cave degree in California near Wairika, and we'll be going into some of the details about that and saying what it is and why it even exists and how it got started and all those things. So I want to, I want to introduce a few people. Um, so I'm going to give each of you an opportunity to uh, say a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, say something about why you're in Oddfellows, how you got started, and then like your lodge and where you're at, that sort of thing. And let's see if we can uh, do this going from left to right. Uh, Brian, can you go ahead and, and uh, start us off just real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm uh, Brian Real. I'm a past grand instructor of the Grand Lodge of California, and I'm also a past grand patriarch of the Grand Encampment of California. I have been uh, attending uh, the cave degree with other peoples from uh, members from Garcia Lodge 240 and our district up north here in Mendocino Lake Counties uh, for a number of years and, and really have relied on it to some degree, <laughs> pun intended, to uh, get degree work done in our lodge. Gotcha. Thank you. Peter? Yeah, uh, I'm Pete Sellers. and. Uh... I, um, I've been involved uh, with the Wairika Cave for uh, for many years as well, off and on, and uh, I just uh, especially enjoy supporting it. And uh, joined the Odd Fellows about 35 years ago. My great grandfather was an Odd Fellow. My grandfather was an Odd Fellow. My mother was a my grandmother was a Rebecca. My mother's still an Odd Fellow. And uh, my son is an odd fellow, so it's uh, quite a bit, plus cousins and everyone else. So I just uh, been active in this order, past grand master, past grand patriarch. I'm a director emeritus for the Grand Lodge of California. You name it, I did a little bit of everything, but but I find history probably the most uh, fascinating and. I enjoy helping other lodges and, and I love the degree work. It's just fascinating for me. So this is just a great topic to, to be a part of. Yeah, and also you've written several books. I wanna mention that because uh, that's certainly something I wouldn't wanna miss. Uh, how many books have you Thank written you. on Odd Fellowship, by the way? I know Odd, it's- Odd Fellows, are, I, I've, there are five that are, that are published. Uh, I finished up one of those was Don Smith and Frank Christie's book uh, with the dealing with the first 125 uh, past Grand Masters of California, right. updating that and, and kind of correcting it. But but there's been five odd fellow books and I've just enjoyed writing many uh, periodicals and and other things like that and sharing them with other organizations. Yeah. Like I said, history is just fascinating. All right. Thank you. Michael, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, I'm a member of French Gulch Lodge 75 up in Shasta County. Um, I'm a general contractor. I've been in the lodge there for about four years, I believe. Um, I just got elected Noble Grand. Um, been performing as the lodge secretary for the last uh, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm the contractor that got the uh, contract for the cave degree uh, for the cave restoration project. Oh, nice! Yeah, I know Shasta is really close to um, Wairika, 
uh, in terms in California miles, that is, you know? Yeah. About the cave for my house out here in Shasta County is about two to two and a half hours, depending on traffic. Ooh. Well, uh, still on a map, it looks close. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> California. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Deborah? Um, I've been a Rebecca since my grandmother told me to join in 1970. I'm currently vice president of the Rebecca Assembly of California. And my father, Richard Browse, with a lot of support from my mother, Dorothy Browse, were instrumental in keeping the cave degree going um, between 1990 and 2018. All right. Well, very good. Now, uh, Mason, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Sure. Uh, not a whole lot to say. Uh, I've been an odd fellow only since 2019. So coming up on five years, uh, I've worked on the float a couple times. I've served as Noble Grand in the San Jose Lodge, and I'm uh, very interested in um, the live degrees. Uh, I think the live degrees are sort of what make us a make us special. Uh, that we have something where we have that combined experience that we all get to share, and it unites us in a sense. So once we've all had that experience, but one of the things that makes it important to me, of course, is uh, Deborah is my aunt, so Richard Browse was my grandfather, and the cave was something that obviously he was very passionate about, as she was just saying. Mm -hmm. So with his recent passing, I've made the restoration of the cave degree a personal passion project, sort of a mission from God in a sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, very good. Very good. I don't have a lot more to say about myself. Okay. All right. Well, not, not a problem. Um, I actually uh, have been in Oddfellows only like two more years than you. So I started like in 2017. So, um, you know, I know what it's like to kind of be uh, kind of new and uh, be surrounded by people with so many, you know, years of experience and, uh, you know, uh, so anyways, thank you. And thank you all for being a part of this. And I, I just wanted to point out. By the way, that. Sure. I just wanted to point out that uh, the the people who go to the cave degree, from what I understand, are people in Oregon, because the, the cave degree is physically held close to the Oregon border. Uh, not too close, but, you know, uh, close enough that it's accessible. And uh, I guess people from other jurisdictions come in as well, right? Um, so, uh, Deborah, can I just start with you uh, with the first, uh, let me, let me, sorry, let me back up a little bit. I want to talk about real quick the particular questions that we're going to cover. Uh, so we're going to talk about what is it, what is the cave degree, why have a cave degree, uh, where is the cave degree, um, who started it and who owns it now, when did it get started, and what condition it, it, it is in now because it's not being held at the moment, and what's the future of the cave degree, and then we'll wrap at the end for anything that we didn't uh, cover that sort of bubbled up during the conversation. And uh, the background picture that I've got here, um, and, and this particular picture, whoops, here we go, is uh, you can see the cave degree, but it's kind of obscured by the center part, but uh, that's, that's the, the, the inside of the mouth of the cave. And here's a view of Mount Shasta from the bleachers that are inside the cave. 
So, um, Deborah, do you want to start and tell that, us a little bit then? Yes. That picture you were just showing. Yes. Um, I'm the furthest to the right person. Oh, yeah. That was that when I you. got the. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, so I'm going to put this slide on here. I know this is going to answer the questions, but you can speak to these uh, bullet points. What is the cave degree? Well, the Pythian, it's called the Pythian Cave. Ah. And it's on Pythian Cave Road, which is off Cram Gulch Road, which is off Old Highway 99. Um, but it was developed by the Knights of Pythias for their ceremonies. They put in the platform and bleachers and the railings. And the Odd, Wairika Oddfellows used it since 1940. The goal is to have the degree conferred by moonlight with the moon rising above Mount Shasta. Right. It's a challenge to get the timing of that to work right. In more recent years, they've gone for having the cave the degree earlier so that people aren't trying to get out of the cave in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, it was the cave, the 40 acre site, including the cave, was bought by, by Wairika Lodge in 1962 for $10. Mm -hmm. But the Indians can still use it at least once a year. Nice. And I think there was a question about when is the last time that they used it? Uh, does anybody know? 2018. 2018. Oh, okay. Great. So it's good that they're still uh, the using it pre-COVID, though. So who knows now, right? 2019 was canceled because of wildfire smoke. Ah. That was the bad wildfire year. And we just couldn't get air quality usable. Hmm. And then 2020, of course, COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I understand that uh, now, uh, as I was alluding to earlier, that the conditions for the, the, the cave physically, I guess the platform, the wood, is, is not that good right now, right? So it's being replaced or repaired. It's being replaced. Okay. That's what Michael's involved in. Okay. We'll hear about that here shortly. All right. Great. Uh, so, uh, Mason, I'm going to turn to you, and I'm going to ask, <laughs> why have a cave degree? I mean, we have, you know, we hold degrees in our lodges. Why do it in a cave? So. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's cool. And one thing you get with the cave that you don't get in your own little lodge is the chance to see people from around the jurisdiction, from outside the jurisdiction, coming together. It's the same reason why you might want to go to a Grand Lodge or a Sovereign Grand Lodge in that sense. You've got this convocation of many different Oddfellows. And then because it is special, and it's only special because people care about it. If people didn't care about it, it wouldn't be special. But because it is special, you'll have teams who are performing the degrees very well um you should definitely ask brian about that since he has been the conductor for so many of those uh conferral ceremonies it's done very well it's done with all the props it's done the way i think that it was meant to be performed when the degrees were 
written and being revised and developed by our forebears. Mm -hmm. So it harkens back to that tradition. And as for the second degree itself, because your question is why uh, the cave degrees, the second degree, as I understand it, is intended to be for performed outdoors. Now within a lodge, that's difficult to do. So this is a chance to do the degree as it was meant. So I don't think I'm revealing too much to say that there are points where the conductor is actually pointing off into the distance and saying, see those trees, see that mountain, see that sea. Well, when you're at the cave, you can actually point and see those things. Mm -hmm. So it brings it to life in a way that having a painted scene as a lot of these lodges do, doesn't really. But having the cave is a way to do the degrees in a, in a manner that is more memorable and meaningful to the candidates ultimately. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, as much as all the other portions of it matter, bringing people together, it is in the end about the candidates. And I don't think you can give them a, a truly greater experience. I, I don't want to say that doing it in a lodge is bad because I love doing the degrees in lodges too. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I don't think you can get better than the cave. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I, I completely uh, understand what you mean. In our lodge, we have one of those old paintings that is inspired from the second degree and, you know, kind of shows nature and, and the story that gets, uh, you know, uh, told during the degree. Uh, so yeah, I can understand. It's like, it kind of brings it to life, you know, brings that, that scene to life. So I, I completely get that. Now, uh, right. tell me about the, how the full moon fits in with this. Well, the moon is over Mount Shasta from the point of view of the cave. Right. Okay. So at the full moon, getting the most light possible. There's no electricity there. No other lighting. Ah, so that, that helps, huh? Also, also too, if, it, if there's any truth to what our books, our own books within the order, uh, say about some of this stuff being performed essentially by uh, Roman soldiers that uh -huh. were in the field, um, the full moon would have been uh, the time to do it. Like what yeah. went, and if you see any lithography depicting the same from the 1800s, it'll show, you know, the moon in the background, them next to a campfire, uh, conducting some initiate through, through a degree. Mm -hmm. So this is actually, it's, it's historically very accurate. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. And I, I hadn't thought about the fact that there's more light, you know, whenever you've got the full moon, uh, and also to, um, you know, I, I, I understand that, there, that, that there's a timing of it where you can only hold at certain times a year with the moon rising over Mount Shasta. And it sort of lends to the specialness of it, you know, uh, kind of creates a greater sense of awe seeing the full moon rise over uh, the mountain there. So I would imagine it's really a very striking, beautiful. Brother Joseph. Yes, sir. Yes. I can add a little bit of detail to how we calculate the date. Sure. So I've actually seen my grandfather's files when he was calculating the 2024 date. So he's looking at the 
direction of the moon, where it's going to be, what time it's going to come up, how full it's going to be on that particular date. So what you really want is the fullest possible moon coming directly over Shasta right around sunset so that by the time it comes up over Shasta, it's creating this nice, brilliant light. Now, there is not necessarily going to be any particular Saturday in summer, and it has to be in summer because of the weather and you want the mm -hmm. road to be clear and dry sure. and passable. There is not necessarily going to be any particular Saturday that is perfect in terms of the moon, the angle, the timing. So what my grandfather would do is he'd sort of rank the various full moons of the summer and pick which one is likely to be the best. And mm -hmm. typically it'll be sometime between May at the earliest and September at the latest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got like four or five full moons during that time. And this needs to be done on a Saturday too, right? So that would narrow it's it down. To be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's All right. significant. If you could just say any day of the week is fine, just give me the best one and not worry about the weekend schedule, then you could pretty much guarantee one or two perfect moons every summer. But with that Saturday restriction, it does make it much more difficult. Mm -hmm. So what we'll end up doing is the best moon available for that summer. It might not be perfect, but it's the best one we're going to get that summer. And we want to do it at some point. Great. Well, thanks for speaking to that. If you're wondering, this year the best moon is Saturday, the 17th of August. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, that sounds like it'll be pretty warm at least. So that's mm -hmm. good. All right. Well, thanks for giving us that detail. I'm sure that there's an awful lot of planning that goes into figuring it out. So yeah, I, I can totally understand. All right. Thank you. Uh, so let's go on to um, where. So uh, I've got a nice little map here of California with Wairika, the little green star up at the north end. And then I have another uh, slide here that I created that points out like where the Oregon border is and where the Nevada border is. Um, and uh, so you can see there where it says cave degree is a little south of where Wairika is. And uh, just in terms of distance alone, Sacramento to Wairika is 257 miles. So that's, you know, obviously if, if you can make it, then, you know, that's, that's a good place to be. All right. So uh, next we want to cover um, who started it and who owns it. So uh, Deborah, you spoke to this a little bit earlier. Uh, so if you can expand on it any, any further, that'd be great. Uh, mentioning the uh, Knights of Pythias as the, uh, the people who started it. Yeah, they, they originally owned it, and they put in the first improvements. Wairika Oddfellows bought it in 1962. Um, and actually, the local masons occasionally use it, and they actually built the second set of bleachers in it. So are they co-owners now? or Because I know that... No. Like, there is a volcano lodge is co-owned with the odd fellows. So, um, so it's that they don't own any, but they use it though. They use it okay. occasionally. Uh -huh. And the Pythians retain a right to use it at least once a year. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. Um, so, uh, it's okay. So it's currently owned by Wairika lodge, right? Mm -hmm. No, okay. 
No, it's owned by Grand Lodge of California. Ah, okay, so Grand uh, yeah, Lodge. Johnson. That's right. Quit claimed uh, late last year ah, to okay. the Grand Lodge. Okay, all right. Good to know. All right. Uh, so um, I wanted to mention a little bit about when it was that it got started. So uh, I know I know that this is kind of like a little bit of a historical sort of flashback to like when, but there were a lot of things that were going on around the time that uh, the cave degree work was started with the Pythians and that we sort of, you know, probably copied some of the, like maybe the timing of the moon and, and that sort of thing. I don't know if there's anything that was sort of borrowed that the Pythians were doing that the odd fellow said, hey, it'd be great if we did the same thing. Uh, but when it got started was quite a long time ago in the 20s. I don't know exactly which year it was. But um, back then, I mean, that was like when King Tut's tomb was discovered. That's how long ago it was. Uh, Mickey Mouse first appeared on screen. Uh, we had Black Tuesday, which was, you know, the, uh, the major stock market crash. First talking movie ever, the uh, prohibition began at that time. Women got the right to vote. So that was uh, a definitely a different time, a different uh, era. So uh, going on, let's uh, talk a little bit about what the cave uh, degree conditions are like right now. So uh, the picture that I picked for the background here, uh, you can see it's just like a hole in the side of a cliff, but it's a really big mm -hmm. hole. And um, I haven't been there, uh, so, you know, I can't really speak to what it's like uh, physically to be there. I did see some video of it, um, but uh, I think this question goes to Michael. Michael, you want to talk about uh, the condition uh, of the cave for now? Yeah, so I'll just kind of start with a little bit of history of how sure. I got involved with this. Uh, I got contacted by um, uh, Joseph Ouellette and... Um, because he was our um, deputy district up here and he he had been trying to get this thing going so we could get it in some repair for Wairika Lodge because they didn't have the funds to to do all the repairs that were necessary for this before they gave it up. Um, so basically I got contacted being a general contractor and also an odd fellow and um, back they we got a signed contract with the Grand Lodge on September 15th um and to get started on this we got some funding from them and between joseph Ouellette and mark ellender and myself the three of us have been um, up there working hand in hand on this project and as of today um the the, the restoration is about 90 percent done oh good uh, and that's that's giving us eight working days up there we've done it in eight working days um we had uh four other individuals helping us uh, younger gentlemen that have a lot of energy. Um, and so what we've done basically is the first 12 feet of that deck that were out in the weather area have, has been completely removed with all the, the framing. It's all been mm -hmm. reframed, re new support framing, all new dug for deck boards. Um, and both stairways have been rebuilt using uh, heavy timber stairs, four by 12s and all the sides that's where we're at right now that is what's done right now now okay. what is left to do to get the thing completely up and running and safe is we have to we have to add a little bit more blocking and a few more support beams underneath where we didn't have time in the last trip up there mm -hmm. uh, 
We're going to do metal railings across the whole front so that it's still open and we're not blocking the view with mm -hmm. like the uh, hog panel type four by four or four by two openings in it. So we're still getting that good view from, you know, out over Mount Shasta. And, um, and then some handrails going down the stairways and the railing nice. there also. That's kind of where we're at with what's left to do. Um, let's see. And then we want to pour some concrete landing at the bottom of the stairways. So we have a nice solid spot mm -hmm. where the stairways land. Sure. Um, we have some burning and some brush, some brush and debris to do to clean the area up. Um, and there's some minor repairs to the back the older part of the back deck area um, where they've had a big chunk of rock fall off the ceiling and actually Ooh. came down and put a hole in the deck Ooh. and they had a plywood over it. Well, that, we just got to go in and replace some of that framing, but that's back in the deck where mm -hmm. it's not really weather. It's just, it's just old material. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. And then of course, then that I'm going to, I'll answer any questions up to that point, And then I'll talk about some other stuff on some future stuff. Yeah. I got a question for you. Uh, just real Michael, quick. Um, can you, can you just tell me real fast, like what percentage have you replaced of what was there? Um, well, the front 12 feet all the way across the whole width of the cave has been replaced. Okay. Um, and that's everything that was getting weathered. The other stuff is just old, old lumber. It's not, it's not in disrepair, so to say. Eventually, I would like to re replace that, mm -hmm. but that's not structurally uh, required to make it up and running, you know, so we can get it this gotcha. summer, maybe look at future funding to do the other stuff. Cool. All right. Great. Thank you. Somebody else had a question? Yeah, I think Mason, you had a question. I wanted to ask about that, that rock that had fallen from the ceiling. Is there any risk that that needs to be braced in any way? Is any more rock? No, it's it's that it's that kind of I call it conglomerate rock. It's you know it's kind of like the rocks kind of welded together with sand. Looks like it's cemented, and mm -hmm. that's what it is. And it just happened to have one that fell out, and it looks like it had fallen out years ago. Um, I was never not there prior to this, but um, they actually had put a piece of plywood over that hole. Oh. So maybe somebody that back in 2018, I'm assuming it might have been down then. I don't know. It's um, been there for a while. Hmm. And inside, so I don't, I don't see a lot falling other than just little pebbles. You know, that's what I've seen that's down on the deck. And that's just pretty much a normal deal with this kind of a deck. The only way you could support that would be to go in and, and you'd have to basically re you have to support the whole cave structure. And hmm. that would be financially probably way out of anybody's realm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you wanted to add some more before we go on to the next question? Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to just talk about, um, is uh, there's going to be some road work to do. The road's in pretty good shape, but we do have some um, water where it runs down the side of the roads. I think just a little little box scraper on a tractor would probably fix that road. And then just the brushing of the road, because the brush is kind of encroaching on the roadway. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping to go up and do some of that. And I think uh, Wairika Lodge is taking on some of that also mm -hmm. um, as their portion of it. Um, but the, the biggest thing is the future maintenance that we'll need to look forward in the future, um, such as sealing the deck. Um, once all that wood dries up and get all the moisture out of it. Um, the, of course, more road work and then some cleanup, uh, up in the area. It's not really required, but a lot of the old lumber and debris has gotten kicked over the banks at 
over the years and that probably should be all cleaned up to make it look right and, and be good stewards of the property mm-hmm. uh, and then up on the top up in the seating area uh some of the they had they have church pews up in there is what they were huh. and some of them are in disrepair some of them just need to be re sanded down and resealed and it wouldn't hurt to um try to acquire a couple others if we could get some from some church that was closing or something they just need to get rid of them because some of them are kind of broke down just because of some vandalism that's happened over the years that huh. type of thing Interesting. but that's pretty yeah okay uh so um yeah unless you have something else to add uh i i can turn to brian and by the way i wanted to point out that uh, this particular slide this is brian in the middle of the picture so oh, yeah, he's one of the people performing the degree work itself. Uh, you guys said that he was the uh, conductor, right? Uh, yeah. So he's got yes. a major role in there. So uh, the next question goes to you, Brian. Uh, tell us, what is the future of the cave degree? And by the way, this is some of that decking work uh, that Michael nice. was just talking about that's being worked on right here. So um, yeah, Brian, you want to speak to the future of the cave degree? Um, well. Yeah, I think that, that the future of the cave degree and the reason why all of this is even happening as far as the, the refurbishment and stuff is that it, it, it's, it's been a critical part of Northern California Odd Fellowship for, for decades now. And what I mean by that is uh, around the 40s and 50s, it became less and less common for every district to be able to to do all the degrees in a, a, a really beautiful uh, uh, manner filled with pageantry. And so more and more, the, the, the people that were left, they eventually formed, I believe, a, a state degree team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first joined in 01, they talked about how they had just sold a trailer that they used to have that they would take from area to area, which may or may not have needed to be used in Wairika as they've had so much uh, uh stuff there yeah, mm. for so many years they, they've got great regalia mm-hmm. uh, but the future of it is probably to continue being exactly what it is and that's kind of like an interesting i'm not going to say spiritual but it, it certainly is ritualistically uh it reaches back millennia um as far as especially that time of the year the barley moon um th- those rituals if the romans were borrowing them as we claim they were and then pass them down to us that is the time of year that that you would perform this degree and above and beyond that for california you did mention how how kind of like out of the way wairika was and that is incredibly important to the reason why ritualistically again it is such a meaningful way to receive the second degree and that is because we all become travelers. The only people there that are not are the few people left that keep Wairika Lodge together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so you actually, everyone there kind of is embodied in the candidate for that degree. So whether people realize it or not, while it's happening to them, um, it's it's a... You know, it's like looking in a mirror that's reflecting in a. Uh, I think uh, you cut out there. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, you cut out. Do me a favor. Can you just repeat that again? Yeah. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, you just cut out for like three seconds there. And what was, what did I just finish saying there? What did you miss? <laughs> what did we're I, all travelers. Yeah, you were saying we're, oh, all, we're travelers. all travelers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that, and that is the degree. It's about travelers, you know, in the night. Um, so in, in addition to it, just, you know, reaching back millennia, it makes every single one of us a, a real participant in it just by observing, uh, regardless or not if you're the candidate that gets to be walked around by the conductor or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it makes it real. It, uh, it, it's, it's, I think what maybe what you missed was it's like looking into, you know, two mirrors at the same time or putting your video camera in front of the television, <laughs> uh, kind of thing where it, it, you become part of the ritual, the ritual becomes alive and in a way that, uh, we're meant to mimic for lodge you know, and mm -hmm. doing it behind closed doors. And also, too, you mentioned uh, Ohio. I know Tennessee, I believe, has a cave degree. And there are cave degrees that none of us actually know to mention, as well as the fact, which is part of uh, at least a verbal history that I was given about the Pythians in Wairika, was that, uh, and this would ring true for any lodge, um, and that is that the lodges are oftentimes formed before they have a building. Mm -hmm. And so that is how this is like intrinsically part of every fraternity, really. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and especially ours, you know, I mean, they, they say we started in a tavern. Well, that's a great example. It, it was in a tavern because they didn't have a lodge, obviously. Right. Right. Um, and anciently speaking, it would have been by a campfire. So I think, for California at this point, getting the degrees viewed by candidates in in this manner is very dramatic and it, it leaves a lasting impression on people. And that's why you have the ability to uh, get all of us immediately to jump up, no matter how long we've been involved in it, um, uh, as, as long as you've been uh, at least once. Um, there, there's something magical to it that, mm -hmm. that kind of ties it all together as far as the fraternity Very cool. aspect of it. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to move on to uh, the last slide, and this is going to be kind of like a, a free-for-all sort of thing and asking, is there anything else? Did we miss anything? And there was one thing that didn't get covered, and I wanted to make sure to cover it because I had a misconception about the cave degree, and that was that all of the degree work after the initiatory, so first, second, and third degree, were performed at the cave. So after having done a little research on this, I found out that uh, there is an initiatory degree and a first degree that's done in Wairika Lodge. And then in the evening, you go to the location for the cave degree, and then you do the second degree. And then the next day, there's a breakfast at Wairika Lodge, and then you have your third degree. So that way you have all of your degrees in the Oddfellows level, the basic lodge level. Um, so yeah, that was a misconception that I had. All of the people who had talked about it uh, made it sound to me like, oh yeah, well, you know, get all your degrees at the cave. And I'm like, oh, okay, sounds great. So, um, uh, so that was kind of a misconception. I'm glad that I had a chance to throw that in and, and mention that. Now, um, when I was asking about, you know, like what the future of the cave is, I, I just want to point out that these changes of 
adding the initiatory degree and first degree and, and third degree were fairly recent. So uh, Deborah and Mason, I think you can both speak to that a little bit. Um, you want to talk about how those came about and like when and why? Uh, Richard Browse came up with, after hearing for many years from people who came for the second degree and said, we had other people that would have loved to come, but they haven't gotten their first degree or they haven't been initiated yet. And Wairika Lodge decided in 2004 hmm. to start adding the first and second degrees. Adding the third degree on Sunday morning started in 2008. Uh -huh. Well, I think it was a great decision to do that. Oh, and you know, now now that we're we're on the subject, and you've kind of put it out a little more plainly, um, our current grand patriarch um, would also like to do some degree work out uh, at the cave as well, and um, so even other branches of our own order um, who have been involved, maybe those individuals, uh, are looking for other ways to incorporate it, especially into any of the degrees that, uh, take place outdoors. Yeah. And camping yeah. degrees would make a lot of sense there. And you, you probably want to use Brian as the, uh, <laughs> as, a, uh, as to do the, uh, unwritten work or the, he's, he's actually outstanding. Uh, I've, I've known Brian, uh, for about, what do you, what do you think, Brian? 20 plus years yeah been... yeah right after i joined i met both you and richard our concentration was 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 degree work and and getting everything to brian degree robes anything he needed with that paraphernalia to to confer those degrees because we try to get it to the best place possible and brian bringing that to the cave and doing his wonders there as has made that cave something special. Um, I'd, I'd like to backtrack a little bit, but there were many members of the lodge who were also members of the Knights of Pythias, and um, they even had the uh, presiding officer of the Knights of Pythias, His name was William William Jewett, Jewett. and he, he was probably instrumental from the 1940s on to when it became uh, uh, an emphasis on the cave so so there is something there uh historically but i also have to give uh dick uh deborah's father and mason's grandfather a lot of credit because what he did he answered all these questions he actually put together a brief uh, i think it was a two-page history uh, of the cave and those used to be made available when you went to when you traveled to the uh, Wairika Lodge, they were put out during the meals, the dinner, uh, which is on the Saturday, and they were available to all the members to read this history. And Dick deserved a lot of credit because there wasn't a history put together before his involvement. And you're right, uh, the degrees were added as we went, as we moved along, and, and um, we've had some wonderful times there as as these members and everybody who has been there who has put these things together to bring the members up to Wairika this is a treasure uh, it is such a fun trip for to bring 50 to 70 members up to the cave 
up to the town of Wairika. For those who just want to participate in the initiatory degree, the first degree, and they've been to the cave or there's not enough room to take them up to the cave, they can do other things as well if they don't need that second degree. The town of Wairika is, is fun itself. And getting up there is a nice trip as well. You can stop at waterfalls or the castle crags or you can do things along the way. It's an excellent trip for, for a lodge event coordinator to look at. I have been waiting. <laughs> I have been waiting to bring 70 people up there for four years now. <laughs> and we, we really need to get five years. We need to get this back on track because now we're finding members who haven't been up there. They need to discover this, and they need to discover Brian, Brian's skills at, at uh, conferring degrees. I got to tell you, he, he's amazing, and um, it's going to be uh, very exciting to be back on track. And I'm, I'm getting calls. If you know Casey Carr or the members from Oregon, they're right. always calling. When, when, when's a cave degree going to happen? <laughs> Well, hopefully this year, hopefully. So hopefully, it, 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 I'm sure it's going to happen this year. And, and um, I'm, I'm glad we have the lodges. One thing we didn't talk about was the lodges have stepped up, and they're going to continue to step up to financially get this off the ground and get it going again. And uh, I, 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 if we need more money, let's put it out there again. We don't want to stop this progress at all. And uh, this is why we started the, the, the Grand Lodge wanted to start it. Um, we're enthused. Everybody's enthused. And, well, that's that's really all I wanted to uh, add to this. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to mention that there yeah. is an ongoing effort to continue to raise funds. Now, my assumption is, is that, you know, we haven't quite reached the goal yet. Does anybody know uh, how much further it is to get to that goal? Well, you know, I, I do call Rod, who's the quote-unquote uh, chair chairman of the uh, committee. <laughs> He's the chairman of everything. But <laughs> right. You call Rod when you want to know. know uh, 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 I discovered he was a chairman, so I asked him. And I also spoke with Joseph uh, from uh, Placerville, and it, I heard his name mentioned a little mm -hmm. earlier. And I always try to find – I even asked Mason now, and then, what do you know about it? Uh, where are we financially? I try to speak with everybody because I can keep hitting the lodges up here, which they're enthused to give. Okay. It's not something you have hard at. You just need to let the lodges know we need a little bit more money. Even if it's yeah. $50 from 20 lodges, if it's a hundred dollars from a member, you know, every little bit is helping and it's adding up. So, Okay, we really need to look at that as soon as this this uh, this session here is done. We need to speak where we're we're ahead financially, keeping up with the construction. Okay, uh, so we're good there. We started before we had all the funding because we know we're confident we're going to end up with the funding needed. Right now, I I got that sheet that you were mentioning. I think. Uh, and it talks about a lot of the facts about the cave degree. And it does mention that there are a few other improvements that over time that, you know, uh, people would like to see certain things happen. So like, for example, 
uh, possible camping or RV spaces, a water well, uh, restrooms, electricity. So those are things that are currently missing from there. And uh, it'd be great to have them, I would imagine. Uh, so, um, you know, even, even after the construction is done, there is still room for improvement. So if, this is yeah, January. Yes, I was just going to say, this is January of 2024 that we're doing this right now. So, you know, who knows exactly where we are in terms of fundraising. But if you want to have your lodge contribute, uh, just go right ahead and contact Grand Lodge and they'll tell you how. All right. I, I can give a little bit more information too. Please. So uh, right now, uh, the request from Grand Lodge is for all of the donations to go through them. So if you make a check out to Grand Lodge and then in the memo field, write cave fund, mm -hmm. uh, Ron Mills will put it right into that fund. Um, we're keeping track of what donations are coming in. And one of the things that we're doing to encourage donations is sponsorship of individual planks. So mm -hmm. that picture that you showed earlier with the decking that was being built, that is, yeah, thank you. So there are about 120 of those 12 foot planks in all. And we're going to let people sponsor or lodges sponsor an individual plank by putting a three inch aluminum plate on one end with their message. The message can be one or two lines and up to 30 characters per line. Mm -hmm. Peter Sellers has already purchased uh, one of those. So thank you, Peter. But what, the reason for doing it that way is these aluminum plates won't rust the way that steel would, for instance, and they should still be visible and legible for generations. And as Oddfellows, we think generationally. So we want five, six, seven generations from now. I'm a sixth generation Oddfellow myself, so I think about this. We want them to be able to come and see that this was important to us. We cared about this very much. The type of wood they're using, and Michael, please step in. Uh, I believe it's a pressure-treated pine, but I'm told that it should last for certainly decades, but probably centuries into the future. This is being rebuilt at a level that I believe exceeds the original construction. Michael, that's correct? Yeah, all those beams you see there are all pressure treated. We don't have anything sub underneath the decking that would rot um, in any short-term uh, forecast. Um, the top deck is the chipper um, because it's a structural lumber as opposed to like redwood that really isn't. And it's a considerable amount cheaper, but the other wood that was up with the exception of stuff right out at the edge and just because it hadn't been sealed or anything uh, was actually all the other wood was really good up there so it lasts a long time i don't know when they put that last 12 feet on the front of that but that had to have been 30 or 40 years ago i would guess um, right so so michael you would agree that just as many of us go looking through Oddfellow cemeteries to find our ancestors from 100 200 years ago 100 or 200 years from now, people will come and see our names and see this was something that my ancestor cared deeply about. So if that is something that you would want to do, the planks are $250 to sponsor. 
the stairs, which there are fewer of, there's only 14 stairs on either side, so 28 stairs in all. There is a main staircase that is, I want to say, five feet wide, and then a secondary staircase that's three feet wide. So we will have two egress points to conform with fire safety regulations. Hmm. The larger right. stairs are $3,000 each to sponsor, and the smaller ones are $1,500 each to sponsor. So if you want to go a little extra and say this is something that is very important to us. Uh, for instance, the Mountain View Lodge uh, that both Deborah and I belong to, they have sponsored uh, one of the main deck plank, uh, one of the main stair steps. Mm -hmm. But this is something that you can do. There is a form that has been distributed to the secretaries of every lodge. Hopefully they have shared it in the lodge. You can fill it out, send in a check for the appropriate amount and have a way to connect yourself or your lodge with the cave restoration project. If we sell all of the planks and all of the stairs, we will not only fully fund Michael's contract, which we are still raising money for, but we will also have an additional reserve fund for those additional improvements and future maintenance that will need to be handled in the years to come. So. I do hope that your listeners will consider uh, becoming sponsors. Yeah, yeah I know that our lodge it, contributed. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, just, you, yeah. you mentioned something about uh, about uh, uh, you know the we're talking about the future of the cave. You already mentioned that the other degrees are conducted, but they're conducted at the hall, right? And you know, we never know. And I'm not saying that there's anything. Uh, is there any reason to worry about this? But, you know, one of Richard Browse's things was he became a member of Wairika in order to support them and keep them uh, uh, with active membership at, at a higher level. And that will need to continue. And I, I just want to say, even if that doesn't, if for any reason, you know, something happens in Wairika, that hall is actually an important part of the cave because it operates as like the home base uh while we're there um so i think e even beyond like it would be great if we could just keep fundraising period um from here on out. i know that there's always been some um, small amount of fundraising like the, the becoming a membership uh, the, the membership fee for joining the cave uh degree when you go up there uh, but something like that maybe if we you know uh, raise the amount or can just continue to fundraise in general because it's not just this property that's that's necessary currently because there's just not the facilities at the cave to be able to dysfunction there uh, without the lodge property. Yeah, one of the notes on here says that um, Grand Lodge authorized a cave associate membership at Wairika. And I don't know how, what the dollar amount is for that, but it does say that $5 of the, those cave associate degree funds go to the cave fund. How much is that's, it yeah. the associate? It, uh, it's $5. $5. Oh, that's yeah, $5. Well, okay. There's, we've also been discussing, I, I know I spoke with our uh, Fred Doling. Uh, actually, his idea, he approached me, and we were talking about uh, drafting legislation this year 
and putting in a bill for uh, uh, enhancing that that uh, associate membership to Wairika, or even call it something else, the cave uh, degree fund, something we're going to try to tie it into where they can generate uh, additional funds. But we need to really update that, uh, let our code section on that and and try to find something. There's something that we can give, something, some type of uh, benefit for belonging as well. The bottom line is to gain support and, and keep that enthusiasm. But uh, I would expect some legislation uh, to be presented this year. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to uh, give everybody an opportunity to say something in closing, if you would like. You don't have to. Um, but uh, please feel free to you know jump in. We'll go from left to right. Brian, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, if anyone listening has not attended uh, the cave ceremony and uh, th this is your year to do it, apparently it looks like we're going to be able to pull it off and you will become a part of a, a, a true pilgrimage of Odd Fellowship in the state of California. Wonderful. Peter, you're, uh, you're up. Yeah, just uh, just uh, reemphasize uh, again. The, the key word is enthusiasm, and I'm looking forward to uh, bringing uh, candidates up there again, and also looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Brian and others uh, at their best, and just having a lot of fun in Wairika. Great, Michael, you're up. Yeah, I just want to say that you know it, it's it's been a privilege and a it's it's deep in my heart this project on this cave and, and i've taken it very personal and i thank everybody for the opportunity and the trust in me to get this done and for the two guys that were been helping me uh both joseph and mark and i looking forward to the first degree to see it up there because i've never got to see one all right fantastic deborah i'm looking forward to having the cave back in operation i don't think my mother will come it's a little oh. a lot a long way from the meadows of napa okay so uh, do, as far as we know are we on for 2024 for august we have dates set for august and september we have dates it's approval yes we are waiting by your approval that was all i was gotcha. gonna say okay wonderful thanks mason you want to say something real quick yeah, I want to thank you for having this podcast. I'm encouraged by how much the cave is inspiring to people. So the more people who know about it, I think the better. And the people who already have done it, they have been our greatest source of energy and fundraising so far. Anytime you start talking about it in a group of odd fellows, someone says, oh, yeah, I was there. It was great. And it has touched so many people. Uh, I had not realized just how influential the cave was within the order until I started getting involved in this way. Um, I am going to be working on putting together a degree team. Brian, I think you're going to be doing that with me. All right. Uh, so, so for those who are interested in possibly being part of that degree team, um, you can reach out to me. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm fairly involved with the California Odd Fellows group and the Golden State Odd Fellows groups. So I am uh, always open to people who say they can memorize lines and are interested in doing some practices and putting in some time. 
Right. I think pretty much everybody here can be found on Facebook in either, you know, the California Oddfellows group or um, there's uh, Golden State Oddfellows, I think, also. Uh, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that people can be pretty easily reached if you've got more specific questions for anybody that is on this particular podcast episode. And I want to just remind y'all, if you are watching or listening, please click the subscribe button and make sure that you press that like and uh, be sure to share this with people that uh, are odd fellows or anybody who's interested in odd fellows because we kind of do odd things that are kind of fun. So uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you all for your time for joining me today. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right.